This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Bob Hustis on the topic of rock art of the Southwest. Bob is a former board member of KLZR and alternates hosting Friday at the Coffee House and Friday's Rocking the Range. He's also an aficionado of the Southwest's rich uh, petroglyphs and pictographs. He is part of the Colorado Archaeological Society, especially focusing on rock art. And he's also a member of the Utah Association of Rock Art Research and Archaeology. He acts with that group as a field guide. Wow, that's quite the introduction. Bob, how are you doing? <laughs> I think I'm we're tired. out of time. I'm tired. <laughs> So how did you first develop an interest in rock art? Essentially through hiking and backpacking. Carmel and I, uh, when we moved to Colorado some uh, 44 years ago, began backpacking not only in the Colorado Rockies, but Eastern Plains and the canyons of Utah. And uh, when we started to discover things like prehistoric dwellings and pueblos and rock art, it became just one additional attraction for us to take those long hikes into the canyons. Uh, first off, just to get us on the same page, a few terms. Uh, rock art might be painted on or it might be done by removing or etching parts of the rock. There's terms like petroglyphs, pictographs. Uh, fill us in on the terminology, what we need to know to have the conversation. Okay, well, essentially a petroglyph is an image that is carved into the rock. This carving can produce a visible indentation in the rock, or it can simply be a scratching away of a weathered surface. And by revealing that unweathered material of a different color below, we can determine an image. I'm thinking of some that I've seen where there's a dark patina on the outside and below it's a buff colored sandstone. That's got to be perfect conditions because it really stands out. It is perfect, and actually, as you're hiking along on a sandy canyon bottom, that's something you look for when you're trying to determine where you might find some rock art. So if you look up and you see a dark patina on uh, like a Chinle sandstone, you're going to say to yourself, boy, if I was going to leave some rock art somewhere, I'd, I'd. <laughs> so you scan it with your binoculars or hike up there and take a look, and often enough, uh, you will find something. Now, the Four Corners area is rich with these works of art. How old are they, as far as you know, and how are they dated? Well, some of the oldest rock art we have, ha have been determined to be in uh, eastern Nevada. And some of these, they think, date back as much as 15,000 years ago. That's referred to as archaic style of uh, rock art. Is there anything known about the people that made this art? We know that uh, they were both involved in hunter-gathering as well as uh, being agrarian. Often we'll find samples of uh, different crops that were left behind in some of these dwellings. Certainly in the Four Corners area, uh, they produce quite a bit of corn and squash. Now, when I think of the Four Corners area, I think of the Anasazi, Mesa Verde, uh, Bandelier, Chaco Canyon, some of those sites. Those dwellings are quite a bit younger than this rock art? Yes. Uh, most of them are pretty much uh, determined to have maybe started about 750 A.D. 
and went to just pre-Columbian times, maybe to about the 1300s. So the rock art that you described is quite a bit older than that. Yes, but it's not unusual to find rock art, even possibly on the same panel, that may cover thousands of years, because often people would travel and see rock art, and then they would leave their messages as well. I can imagine that complicates things sometimes. Now, these features are known from around the world, but in the Southwest, uh, give us a sense of the numbers and the geographic range. Is it ubiquitous over the Southwest or certain areas? How can you describe it? Well, when we talk about rock art of the Southwest, that, that's the area that I'm most familiar with. Carmel and I have traveled to uh, the Pecos region of Texas, been through New Mexico, uh, Utah, Nevada, Wyoming, and Colorado. However, there's rock art occurring in Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, along the West Coast, up in Alaska, and certainly Mexico is very rich in rock art. Mm -hmm. What does it take to find rock art? Obviously, you need the right geologic conditions, a canvas, if you will. Well, you know, in the Southwest, sandstone was very, very available and very easy to make an impression, especially with petroglyphs, but also for painting because there were caves. And when they would leave a pictograph, the pictographs are very well preserved in some areas because mm -hmm. of uh, a large uh, alcove that would overhang the area and protect it from sunlight and wind and rain. I've noticed the same thing. If one were painting a picture, if you will, you'd look for a site that was protected, so a cave and overhang, those sorts of things. As in uh, Lascaux in France, where the cave art is quite famous, it's very well preserved because it's, <laughs> it's in the back of a cave, I suspect. Are caves prominent in the southwest? They are. They're, certainly they're not very, very deep, many of them. However, what they really look like are more like really well-developed alcoves that geologically in, in a million years may actually become an arch or, mm -hmm. or, or a bridge. So the soft nature of the sandstone works against uh, rock art in that if they are exposed, they'll weather rather quickly. However, they will be well-preserved if, they if they're in an alcove. Let me remind folks, we're visiting with Bob Hustis on Rock Art of the Southwest. So, Bob, a, a huge question. What are the images that are depicted? I know there's humans, there's animals, there's probably religious sorts of things, celestial. How would you characterize what they're painting? Well, no one really knows what the messages were. There are certainly proliferation of things like desert bighorn sheep, which were primarily a, a major source of protein for the ancient Puebloan people. However, um, a lot of researchers found that some of their uh, spirals, which are dominant, are actually aligned with things like solstices, mm -hmm. <laughs> even events like uh, comets and uh, supernovas. And this has been confirmed by um, astronomers throughout the world. And how about the anthropomorphic images? In the Southwest especially, like up in the dinosaur area of uh, Colorado, the Fremont people inhabited that area, and they had a style. And people that are familiar with rock art and looking at a Fremont-style anthropomorph, 
can definitely determine that. Yeah, that that's from that region. It's from the, those people. And some of the things, like there's a barrier style, and the uh, the torsos are very geometric. There's not, there's not a lot of angular to them. They're right angles, if they're going to be any angles at all. Another thing that uh, stands out among different types of anthropomorphs are the headdresses by the different tribes. It would, also, it would uh, give someone an idea of, well, where, where did this come from and who are these people? And uh, sometimes you'll see them mixed together because they did travel and they did trade with each other, uh, especially if they lived during the same time periods. Is there any evidence of directional markers? There are some theories to that effect, and, and I'll reiterate again. Nobody really knows for sure what mm-hmm. they were saying, but it certainly looks like there were directional highway signs uh, put up throughout the <laughs> Southwest. So, Bob, are there any changes or different types of images by geography or age? Things change as you move into different areas or get as time gets younger? Well, um, as I mentioned earlier, you really can't carbon date rock itself. However, what is a really good uh, clue for archaeologists and uh, rock art aficionados is the fact that we can look at things like if there's an image of an atlatl. We know that the atlatl was placed as a, uh, replaced as a hunting instrument at a certain date with the bow and arrow or the spear. So that would give us an idea of what that date is. As far as geological changes, yes, um, we can see where uh, people had migrated because of the style of that rock art. They may have occurred uh, first in the northwest corner of Colorado, and then we find very similar images with the same stylization in the Four Corners area, which may indicate that they had migrated either temporarily or permanently. And we do know that for some unknown reason, in the late 1300s, there was a mass migration out of the Four Corners area of uh, all the peoples that lived there. They were known as the Anastasi. Today we refer to them as Pueblo Three, And they probably, most likely, we think, moved into the Rio Grande Valley and uh, became the current day uh, Mountain Utes, uh, the Zuni, and the Pueblo people. Interesting. As we think about images that are depicted, there must be those that are thought to be religious in tone. The term most often used by the archaeologists is shamanistic. And, uh, you know, uh, worship of a deity uh, in anthropology is considered one of the basic foundations of uh, developing a culture. And the shamans had an awful lot of influence, if not power, among ancient peoples. And there are a lot of depictions that are definitely shamanistic, where an anthropomorph may appear to have supernatural abilities and powers. Hmm. Bob, we're running short of time, and I'm not running short of questions. How about coming back for another visit in a, in a couple of weeks? Well, that'd be fun. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm really on the topic right now because uh, Carmel and I are getting ready to take off for a, a three- to four-week trip through the Southwest, so... Excellent, excellent. We have been visiting with Bob Hustis on Rock Art of the Southwest. He is a member of the Colorado Archaeological Society, focused on rock art, and also a field guide and a member for the Utah Association of Rock Art Research and Archaeology. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. 
You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 